It's Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and all state insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my co-host for the night, Edge of Philly Sports, Freddie Burns. My partner, Jim Chesko, is off tonight. Freddie, good to have you with me tonight. We're going to talk Philly sports. I'm back home. I'm, I'm where I started. I'm back home, Philly <laughs> Press Box. <laughs> That's where it's there at, baby. Go. Uh, good deal. Well, we're certainly glad to have you. Chet's off on some personal business tonight, family business. So uh, glad you stepped in. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, you know, and start out by saying, you know, there's no, I always say there's no moral victories. Uh, the Eagles did show some bright spots on the offensive side of the ball against the Chiefs. The defense, another story. We'll certainly talk about that. Uh, the Philly season ends 82 and 80 out of the playoffs yet again. Uh, Sixers trying to figure out how to move on without Ben Simmons. That's always that. That's going to be a mess. The Flyer season opens up late next week. Only a couple preseason games left there. And Penn State has a huge game at Iowa this week, matching number three and number four in the country. As always, plenty, plenty, plenty going on in Philly sports. So much going on. You you got a couple ones that stroke a chord with me. You know, Ben Simmons, obviously. We got Eagles. That's that's going to be a great to talk about. So much going on, good and bad. So I'm, I'm pumped to be here and talk about it. Well, let's do it. Let's talk. Uh, let's start out with the Eagles. Uh, we can talk about that offense. You know, 30 points, 461 yards of total offense against the defending AFC champions, uh, the Chiefs. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, certainly not near enough because they couldn't come up with any stops and had two stinking many penalties again. So what? let's start with offense. What's your take on how that all played out? Well, I think first we got to just, you know, the Chiefs are a terrible, awful defense. So that's one thing we have to address. And so were the Falcons. So our offense has been the best against bad defenses. So at least we got that going this year. I guess I'll start with Jalen Hurts since he's the quarterback. I think he he played a lot better. He he progressed. He he's essentially a rookie. He made some good reads. I see saw him get to the second and third read, which I I really wanted to see because I hadn't seen that the last two games. Uh, statistically, uh, he had the yardage. He made missed some big throws. You know the the touchdown pass to Ertz and as well as Greg Ward. That that's their game changing throws and and elite quarterbacks make those throws. But I'm certainly not not going to crush him. I was happy to see him. You know staying in the pocket a few times and, and he, a couple of times he even took a hit and made the throw. So I was very impressed with Hertz. And, you know, even though there's the bad things that happened, you, you can't crush them. It, it was a good, good progression. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. Uh, I guess the, the troubling thing offensively to make, well, I guess let's back up a second hats off to the four substitute offensive linemen. Yes. Um, other than they had some penalties, some illegal motion, those sort of things. Generally they kept Hertz pretty clean. Um, and, and at least one of them not even knowing he was playing until Sunday morning. Uh, good good job by those guys. But, um, you know, I think in Hertz's case, as you mentioned, the two touchdowns, then they had the two touchdowns taken off the board due to penalties. Uh, I'm still not liking that Devontae Smith penalty. I, I think that's a bad call. I think he did establish himself back on the field in the end zone. Uh, refs didn't see it that way. 
the other one against Ortega Whiteside was a ticky-tack call also, I believe. It probably by the letter of the law was a penalty, a uh, little ticky-tack to me. So um, four touchdowns that could have been had that didn't get had by the offense. Yeah, I agree with you on, on the offensive line. They 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 were adequate and and good as as you can be, especially like you said. You wake up Sunday morning, Lane Johnson's out. You're like, oh, I'm 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 playing the Chiefs today to play the way they did. And you know, as far as the touchdowns off the board, I I would the Arcega White side. I, I think that was essentially a penalty. I, I know you know you could not call up, but at least that was clear as day. I I, I think like you said, the Devontae Smith he clearly reestablished himself back in bounds. And like with the instant replay and all that stuff, like I just don't understand it. How like some calls get instant replays, others don't. Like there should be someone up there that just buzzes in at any time the call's wrong and just says, "Hey, this is the correct call." Wouldn't that be like the simple well, way to address these well, things? Well, they 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 did review that because it was a touchdown play. They no, they, they no the call the call the call on the field was that's what the, that's what the thing was. They couldn't review it because the call on the field was. Um, uh, he didn't reestablish himself. No touchdown. That's what I thought. Maybe I maybe no, I, I, I misread I thought, it. I thought they did review it. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But e- either way, I mean, if if that's the case, Nick Sirianni has to throw his flag, and that that needs to be changed. He needs to throw his red hanky. That, and I mean, that's why I thought it was already done. But e- either way, uh, you know, let's let's go talk about Devontae Smith. Seven catches, 122 yards. Uh, his best game for sure. And he looked like what we thought we were going to get. And if if he gets that touchdown, now you're at about 150 yards for the day. Um, big game for him. Great game for him. We've been seeing him get the separation for the most part during the week. I, I think the last two weeks was more of a Hurts issue. And, and to Hurts' credit, he took it on the shoulder after the Cowboys' loss. Smith, to you, I've listened to you talk about him before. You watch way more college than me. And you've been gushing about him, and he's he's the real deal. I'm I, regardless if Hertz works out or not. I think we finally have a receiver, the first really good receiver, I guess, since maybe Jeremy Macklin. Um, and he's not even he's he, I guess superstar caliber though. So To going back to To that we have that right. caliber of a receiver on this roster. So I'm very excited for the future to see what Devontae Smith has. You know. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that really troubled me on the offensive side, you know, they're running this RPO offense. That That's fine. That's what everybody's doing. Uh, but I think the timing of that RPO is off, which is causing these linemen downfield penalties. Uh, they've got to work on that. They're going to get better with that as the season goes on and they get more reps and they're all together more. Uh, but with that said, here we are with only 10 rushes for Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell, seven for Sanders for just eight, uh, 13 yards, and Gainwell, three for 31 yards. you got to be able to run the football better. Now, maybe the defenses are wanting you to throw the ball. They're stopping the run in the RPO, and they're making you throw, and you're taking what you're, you're being given. But I don't think you can go through a season with your running backs only carrying the ball 10 times a game. Yeah, at 48 attempts for Hertz. I, I we're all we all understand that this is a passing league and you had the lineman issues, but I I, I was always under the standing and, and even being a lineman on the on, of the understanding that it's easier to fire out and block as a run blocker than it is pass blocking anyhow. Um the, the fans were chanting it. it. It's becoming an issue. I know they were having having success throwing the football. But you got to remember who's on the other side as well. And and that would have helped too. That would have kept Mahomes and that offense off the field a little bit more to help that defense. 
just give me a little commitment, you know? And then the, of course, the one time he does run it in the red zone, it's a seven yard touchdown. And of course everyone's going nuts, but that was a surprise. That, that definitely, that was a good call there. He knew he would take them by surprise with, with the, the defensive set that the chiefs were coming out in. Yeah. Well, and, and like I say, I'm not sure a lot of that's not scheme. Uh, you know, if you're in the RPO and they're giving you the, they're giving you the run, I mean, giving you the pass and they're taking away the run, you're going to pass. Uh, but at some point, I think you have to get some balance there. You What's know? your? And, I'm just curious because what? Given you were a coach, and I know you're not crazy on the balance thing. Like you know, you like some people need it to be fifty fifty, and I'm with you. Like, I, but it has to have some kind of balance, not the way it is now. What's your take on Sirianni saying like we count RPOs as runs, and he's good with that? Well, even again, if they throw. I mean, yeah, t- times have changed. I mean, we saw that the other night. Um, was it Brady that did it? Um, uh, where where he just threw a little three yard out. They were like, "Well, that that's a run play." You know, that, that's that's what the West Coast offense is with all those dink and dunks and outside screens, wide receiver screens. Uh, they're run plays uh, because they don't run the ball anymore much in this league, and I think that's really what what that's about. But speaking of balance. Uh, Let's jump over to the defense. Uh, woo. Kansas City, 200 yards rushing, 271 yards passing. Talk about balance. Uh, nine of 10 on third downs. And they were not good out there on the defensive side of the ball. 40 plus points in back to back weeks. Is this, a, are we going to start arguing like we did over Billy Davis, me and you on Facebook? <laughs> this is Billy Davis stuff right now. Yes. This is Chip yes. Kelly defense right now. Um, I, I don't think Gannon's that bad. I, I think the personnel he's dealing with is just not there. Um, you're seeing linebackers not make reads on time. <laughs> they're, they're, we still have a, a huge linebacker issue and they're, they're rotating seven different linebackers often. Patrick Johnson was starting last week, and he didn't even play this week. So I, I think there's a lot of changes and a lot of scheme communication that, you know, defensively that this defense clearly isn't on the same page. Uh, the secondary, you know, Rodney McLeod just got back. But, you know, they're running this cover two deep zone, which, you know, I, I guess for the most part, but they still give up big plays. I would they have four plays of 20-plus yards. Right. And you move to the defensive line. Everyone's hammering Fletcher Cox. You know, he's getting double teamed on on plays. But Hargrave seems to be the only one to make any plays. But, I mean, if you make two sacks, great. But if you get gashed for 10 to 12 yards on the run every play, I'd rather you get no sacks because you're, you're, not, you're not helping anything. If, if a team's going to run the football like that on you, you're not going to win the football game. Yeah, there was a whole period there in the in the third quarter, I think it was, where there was eight, 10-yard rushes before contact. I mean, there was no broken tackles. They were just running through gaping holes, and safeties are making tackles because the front seven was just getting annihilated. Uh, that That's not good. Statistically, you know, you, like you say, you see some guys making plays, but uh, at the end of the day, if you're watching the game and you see these big gaping holes, you know you got trouble. Now, you know, they're, they're, they said today, well, we're not a dime defense. Well, yeah, you're not a nickel defense either. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're really not. You're not really much of any defense at this point. Derek Barnett still making penalties. Fletcher Cox statistically doing nothing. Ryan Kerrigan has not made a stat all season. Uh, and, and I think we all thought there was some left in the tank there and that he might be a nice pickup. He's done nothing either. 
I think losing Brandon Graham hurts them there too because what they could do with Graham is have him stand up at outside linebacker a little bit where with Kerrigan, you, you can't do that. He, he's just stuck at, at defensive end. And more to the running the ball, you know, we kind of knew there was an issue when Cordell Patterson looked like a Barry Sanders or not even or Ezekiel Elliott week one when they were gashing us. I don't know why the Falcons got away from the run. You know, the two drives the 49ers had to beat us, they just ran it down our throats. You know, you got you got to stop the run first, and that's always been something. As much as we've been criticized Schwartz for and get frustrated with it, I just, you know, he he at least was a top 12D, top 10. And with Gannon right now, everything that was promised as far as this disguise and this attack and, and they're going to take the ball away defense, they're not causing turnovers either, which is a big, big problem. What was the first interception of the year um, from a linebacker too at, at that? was this week and yeah. yeah, they won the turnover battle, but you know, that's a problem. One, one interception in four weeks. I, I just, I'm going to, I'm real concerned. 40 po- again, 40 points. Like I, I don't, what are we going to do? Yeah. And, and you know, now you have to, I guess this isn't a, this isn't a cop out by any means because you can't give up 40 points, but they did give them up to Dallas and, uh, and Kansas city. So they're not going to see too many Tyreek Hills or guys that run around like him and Kelsey. And I mean, they're, they're a good team. And the Eagles, like you said, the Eagles just don't have the players yet. I think to maybe do some things that they want to do in this scheme, they certainly don't have the linebackers. Do you think we'll, I mean, we'll crush Howie on another show, but are, <laughs> just, this goes back to banner even like, are they ever going to take like the last, what, what was it? Jordan Hicks. And that was a chip Kelly pick. And it was a fourth round pick because he was injured. It was a value pick, kind of. Like, are we ever yeah. going to take linebackers? Like, all well, we do is the, take the, safeties and convert them. I believe, if my memory serves me right, the last linebacker taken in the first round was by Dick Vermeil in 1978. Jerry, so you you you're kind of stuck with what you got for now. So you know, back to the whole thing about maybe this is a uh, a rebuild, a reload, whatever you want to call it. Year they got to get better players to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. Time will tell, but I, I just have a huge concern with the guy making the picks because we've been trying to get better players for, for a good amount of time now. The only pro <laughs> bowler is Carson Wentz, and he's not here yeah. anymore. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, they're going to have an opportunity. It looks like uh, the way it's playing out, they're going to get that Colts pick, at least now. Uh, they've got the Dolphins pick. They've got their own pick. Uh, they're going to have a lot of opportunity to get better through the draft here shortly and uh you know i think i think we can all kind of comfortably say in the next couple weeks they're not winning many if any of these games and there's a chance that they could be one and six or two and five here coming up shortly yeah they said if the season ended today we'd have like the six pick the eight pick and the ninth pick ninth pick three three top ten picks gotta hit one right got you better hit better hit three even the sixers hit hit one out of three right that's right. That's right. All right. Hey, plenty of plenty of Eagles to talk about good stuff and uh and we could go on all night, but we got other stuff to talk about. So let's jump over and talk about those fighting fills, 82 and 80. Uh not much overall improvement for the season. They they let so many games get away with the bullpen. Um and the bottom half of the lineup was atrocious. I, I don't even know how they, they put that thing together uh the last quarter of the season, but Thoughts on the season and chances of Bryce Harper winning the MVP. I've, I've got another MVP to share with you. I, I have three, 
three that are possibilities. But as far as the uh, the the Philly season, yeah, you, you basically said said it, nailed it. You know, it was very underwhelming. Uh, there were some injuries, but you know, to Reese Hoskins and, and other players in and out of the lineup. DD didn't seem to fully be healthy all year. But you know, what got me the most is the fielding, the errors. Just it was just terrible baseball, like bad news bear stuff again. Even coming after after the final year before that, you know, with with the same mental mistakes that that they continue to make, and I think I am confident in Dombrowski though. I think Dombrowski had an idea in his head that he he expected this would go as the bats go, and that's kind of how the season went. If the bats were on, we won games. If the bats were cold, we lost. And if you had a good pitchers outing, you had a good pitchers outing, but it didn't really matter unless the bats were going. So we'll see what they do. You know, this off season. As far as yeah. the the uh, MVP, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I, I think you, you got Juan Soto in there coming up, and then and then you got Tatis. But Tatis fell off the second half of the year. So, you know, Bryce has stats that we haven't seen since, like, Ruth and Aaron and Stan Musial. But Juan Soto's right there, and, and the RBI department might, might be where he loses. So, I, I don't know. I guess I'm going to be a homer. And pick Bryce Harper, <laughs> but uh, you know what? He leads OPS, slugging. Uh, he led the league in doubles, but I think Soto has a chance as well. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think that the couple things you got to talk about the, with this team, first of all, is the bullpen. You know, 30, 30 blown saves, and I, I said this to Chet probably eight weeks ago. Um, you know what? What it seemed like with this team is they could never get everything in sync. They hit one night, they pitched bad. If they pitched good and got a few hits, they didn't get it done in the bullpen. You know, there was there was a three phases, the offense, the pit, starting pitching, and the relief pitching, and they never seemed to be able to put all that together enough nights in a row. They'd come up and give up four runs in the first couple innings, and they'd be behind, be behind 4-1, and then they'd get five perfect innings of relief, and they'd lose. You know, it's just, and then the next night, they would they would pitch decent, and the bullpen would implode. Um, so just, just, there was so much inconsistency and how you're going to win and, and really make a playoff run when you're running out Miller, Galvis, Didi, <laughs> Knapp, uh, you know, Torres, McCutcheon, Torres. And Torres uh, has a big, big clutch hits for us this year, but yeah, he, he did, but it, you know, he's not a starter. <laughs> no, right. Exactly. And, and I think they realized that and that's why they brought in a Galvis. You know, but but then you're down the strip. Galvis isn't winning you a pennant, right? You know, so. But here's my MVP. Maybe uh, maybe a dark horse. I think he's going to win both awards. I'm going with Max Scherzer. Fifteen mm. and four. He's and four with a two four six ERA since he went to the Dodgers. Fred, eleven games, seven and zero, oh, one point nine eight as a Dodger after the trade deadline. I'm going Max Scherzer, Cy Young, Max Scherzer, MVP. You make a great case there. Um, he's just out, unbelievable and outstanding. How he just what, what he's doing with the Dodgers. You know, you you could make the case like, oh, he's at the Nationals, and you know they're not a winning club, but now he's on a winning club too. So that's going to help him and and the way he's pitching for them to help them down the stretch. Oh man, that that's he's a good best, one, Bill. I, I think you might be right here on the best staff. Not you know he's the best, and they've got a great staff. He's the best pitcher on the best staff. If, if it comes money time, that's the guy I want with the ball, and I think he's going to be pretty darn good. 
I can't I can't argue that one. Speaking of pitching, though, another bright spot for the for the season was Zach Wheeler. Um, he he emerged as a one. What do he lead the league in strikeouts, um, innings pitched too? I think. Yeah. So that was good to see him. But then I guess the downer is Aaron Nola is now looks like a three, maybe four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Aaron Nola man, I'm not quite so sure what to think about that. September was was not good for him. And, you know, I guess the sad part about the whole season, I guess it was really kind of put it all in, in a nutshell is when they um, they go to Atlanta, they just want to be close. They got kind of close and then just got their doors blown off. Um, needing to go in there to sweep was probably asking too much. They needed to be a little bit closer than that. And probably as far as Harper and the MVP, that probably costs him the MVP to go in there and go over 11. Yeah. Um, you know, if he goes in there and gets four or five hits and a, and a couple home runs, uh, one, they might win some games. And not that that certainly is to blame him. I mean, he he was the bright spot of the team and was really fun to watch this year because he kid just loves to play uh, and he's fun to watch. But uh, yeah, so much to so much to worry about. Would you agree with uh, what Mike Schmidt said that because uh, I love Harper and I, I don't even understand any criticism of, of him because he gives it every day. But Schmidt called him a modern day Pete Rose, the hustle. And I know he's not as good as Pete Rose, but modern day as far as the hustle and all that. Would you how do you feel about that comparison? Yeah, I mean, that's that's huge shoes to fill. But uh, coming from a guy that knows a little bit about it, I mean, that's that's the way Pete played. Uh, I, I would say that Pete was a little more controlled. Uh, Harper makes a lot of base running mistakes because he tries to be over aggressive. Pete was smart. And Pete knew the arm of every guy. And if he was stretching a base, he was making it. He wasn't getting thrown out by eight steps like Bryce did a couple times there down the stretch. But the effort is there and uh, the just the love of the game. You can see it. That's how it was with Pete. Cool. All right. Well, hey, let's take a quick break, uh, Fred. And we got to thank our friends over at Allstate Insurance. If your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage with the traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. You see how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent, Dave Lavoie. Give Dave a call in Westchester at 610-430-0700 and start to save more now that you're driving less. All right, uh, Fred, let's see I if I can. I like that less at the end. Less, That's good. Less. All right, let's read. see if I can make this thing happen because I'm at the controls tonight without Chet. So I'm going to do my best to make this happen. Uh Chad had a chance to sit down uh, yesterday with Amy Levin and Allison Platt Tarnapal to talk about this weekend's Susan Lloyd First Annual Family Golf Classic in Voorhees, New Jersey. It's a fun fundraiser. Um, Chet wanted to sit with these guys and or these ladies, and uh, so let's hear how that went. And uh, here we go. All right, we're going to take a few minutes now to tell our viewers and listeners about a great fundraising event happening this Sunday in Voorhees. It is the first annual Susan Love Golf Outing on behalf of the Lionsgate Life Plan community. Joining me to do that are a couple of wonderful women who have helped put the event together. 
Amy Levin and Allison Platt Tornipole. Welcome, ladies. Hi, how are you? Doing just great. So it is happening this Sunday, the Susan Love Family Golf Classic. Now, for people who don't know the name, Susan was the boss at Lionsgate, and she passed away last winter at the young age of 57. Beyond that, Allison, who was Susan Love? The best way to describe Susan was really in one word, and that is family. She was very close to her own family, her parents, her sisters, her daughter Ashley, her nieces, her fiance, her stepson. But she also carried that philosophy over to Lionsgate. And her philosophy here was that we should be a family of friends. And her theme and their logo became, we're better together. And that was all Susan's doing. She had the vision. It made her the most, not just the boss, but she was a respected leader and a mentor and a friend to the residents, to the employees, to the board, and to our community as a whole. Amy, is there anything else we should know about Susan? Well, Susan was dedicated, as Allison said, to this community. Um, we're very proud of the fact that we are a five-star community. We have independent living as well as skilled nursing, assisted living, rehab, and safe haven. I read her obituary in the Inquirer from last February, and some of the things that said friends, coworkers, and family members described her as an exceptionally well-rounded woman. She was kind, patient, funny, and generous with her warm smile. She was also unflappable, efficient, and detail-oriented. And she knew every resident's name. She hand-wrote New Year's cards to residencies for Shoshana. And she loved chocolate, the color yellow, monkeys, and golfing with her parents. So let me ask you, Allison, uh, why did you guys decide to do this golf event in her honor? Um, Susan had always talked about wanting to do something like this, where she could bring multi-generations of families together for a day of fun, to raise awareness of what we do at Lionsgate, and to have everybody participate with our residents and the community um, and really get to know us. And this was always a dream of hers. Amy? We had long talked about doing a golf event. And I think the thing that really um, makes it a family golf event is that it is mini golf and chip and putt. So it's not your typical 18 hole golf event. Susan always wanted our younger members in the area to intermingle with our elders. And this event also is a thank you to people and independent living at Lionsgate, as well as the Saltzman House for all they've done for the community within the last you know, couple years. Residents are bringing their grandchildren. We have food trucks, we have entertainment. We have two 70-inch screens with the Eagles game on next week. So we have something for everybody. I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, that, that was a great idea. The Eagles are playing Sunday, and even though they've yes. lost three games in a row, you know there's going to be a lot yeah. of people who want to keep tabs on the Eagles, right? Yes. So there, there we, there's no excuse not to come because we have everything you possibly could need. All right. I have to ask Amy and Allison, do either of you play golf, and how's your game? I'm a golf widow, so <laughs> I think I saw my husband for two hours this past weekend because he was on the golf course. <laughs> I, on the other hand, am wonderful at getting the ball through a windmill or a clown's mouth. <laughs> That's about it. And my favorite place to golf is Myrtle Beach. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, what do you hope this first annual event will do for the community, Lionsgate and beyond? My wish is that the community as a whole can see what we do here and how we help our residents. We have art studios and also Friends of Jewish Senior Housing is a committee of the Board of Senior Housing. And we give back to our residents things that they need. It can be something as simple as a newspaper being delivered to their home or something as large as purchasing a bus for Lionsgate and a bus for the Saltzman House. Our money that we raise strictly goes back to our residents. Awesome. This is going to be a great event. But I, I want to change the subject here. I didn't give you any warning about this, but I'm going to put something up on the screen. This is a picture from a couple of years ago. And Allison, I want you to explain what's going on here. <laughs> oh, God. That is perhaps one of my favorite pictures of all time. I am an avid Barry Manilow fan. My daughter's name is Mandy. I mean, since 1976, I'm crazy. I see him all the time. I travel the country. Met him a couple times. Anyway, um, <laughs> when I became president, they reached out to his people, and he sent me an autographed picture congratulating me on my presidency, and Susan was presenting it to me in that picture. Stunning. I'm stunned. It was amazing. It was fun. Amazing. I got to tell you, I'm an old Barry Manilow fan as well from back in the <laughs> Mandy days. Could it be magic? Weekend in New Orleans. Yes. I don't admit that. I sang on stage. I sang I Can't Smile Without You with him on stage in, at wow. the Camden uh, Entertainment Center in 1995. That is yep. awesome. And a couple yep. of years ago, I was out in Las Vegas for a wedding, and I finally I got to see him. I got to see him in Vegas, and it was a whole lot of fun. So, yeah, Barry Manilow is cool. <laughs> I gotta be yes, honest. he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once again, the Susan Love Family Golf Classic is this Sunday, the 10th. It's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And it is at Golfland on Haddonfield Berlin Road in Voorhees. How can people get tickets or sponsor and support this event, ladies? Right now, we suggest that reservations uh, be made. We will do our best to accommodate any walk-ins. We have three tea times, 10, 12, and 2. You would register at www.lionsgateccrc.org, Love Golf. Awesome. That is this Sunday, and it's going to be a great event. Amy Levin and Allison Platt-Tarnapol, thank you both for talking with us. And thanks to our friend Chris Parsons behind the scenes as well. Have a fantastic event this Sunday. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Hey, Fred, I'll tell you what, that was pretty good. Pretty funny, uh, pretty fun interview. Chet, Chet's a good interviewer. He's, yeah. He does a good job. He is. And, and you know, uh, the thing I like about this stuff like this, we, we've been trying to do more of it, is there's more and more people out there trying to do more and more for people. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a time when people need help and, and fundraisers are a big thing. And uh, it, it's good that people are reaching out, trying to do these kind of good things for people. It's always good to give back. I'm, I'm glad you guys even covered on your show because it just shows other people that, that good things are happening in, in this world as well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, speaking of good things, check this out.
Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! Had to do it. Just had to do it. Good old Merle. Keep that forever, too. That's awesome. That's right. All right. Hey, Fred, uh, Sixers, uh, subject near and dear to your heart, Ben Simmons Bridge. Uh, are, are you on the train that the Ben Simmons Bridge is burnt? I saw an article today. Looks like he's put his uh, condo up for sale in town. Uh, I guess he means business. He He's done. I, I, I unfortunately have to admit I'm wrong. You know, I, I thought a lot of this was media driven and a lot of the BS through the summer, but as it got closer and closer, that doesn't mean he's a bad player, but I mean, for him to do what he's done this off season, and I think he's getting a bad advice from his agent, bad advice from his family, basically just paints the picture of a, of, of a, of a wimp, a, a wuss, someone that's going to run away from, from, exactly not taking the dunk it just validates the whole thing and i'm i'm kind of angry about it to be honest with you because you know the team for the most part has been molded around him you know joel Embiid has kept his mouth shut on him not shooting tried to support him as best he could even you know a lot of times he was out at the three-point line we're crushing him and brown but really it was so ben could have the ball in his hand and to give him the lane and you know for jimmy butler leaving um uh, the team uh, bringing in Al Horford to have a stretch five, not because Embiid, as much as he tries to be a stretch five, he, he's 30 37% from three, but that, that's not his game. He's in the post. So, like, good riddance. See you, Ben, but don't give him up for anything. I would hold him out for four years. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Daryl Morey, and, 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 they're, and they're not paying him, so it's not like it's going to cost them money. You know, Daryl Morey has to take a stand here because Rich Paul and this stuff with these players that decide in four years left on a contract that they're not playing, they're out of here, and they can go where they want is nonsense. And I really think they need to take a stand. And unless they get Bradley Beal or Dane Lillard or a solid package of picks, they should just hold him and 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 make him suffer, ruin his career. I, I'm, I'm so angry about it. Well, I think I think the thing to your point there, though, the, the problem is your team got worse, you know, and if you're holding him out and they, and you've got nothing to replace him with, your team got worse. So how do you get better? How do you make this final push before the Embiid window closes, however many more years that is and and the guys around him? Um, if you but again, you can't be taken hostage and he's put them in a position where uh, it's nothing but bad. It's nothing but bad for the organization. And Simmons does look bad. And and the trade value goes down with that. Um, you know, unless there's a whole lot more to the story than we know. And that, that, that kind of Could be. bothers me. You know, does he end up going and playing for Magic Johnson or something? And all of a sudden he is what we thought he was going to be a triple double machine every night in some other environment. Um, you know, his greatest game is point wise Embiid's not on the floor. Um, there are games that he has done that. I was at that game in Brooklyn, you know, the 42 point game, you know, he, he's still young, which a lot of Philly doesn't understand. He's only four years in this league and, and it's, he's going to eventually do it. <laughs> like it's going to happen. It's not going to be here. I don't know if he's going to, 
if the if it's going to be in his head, he's not going to make them or not, but he's going to go somewhere and he is going to do it. I just I'm I'm with you. It's it's very, you know, it stinks, you know. But as far as the Sixers go, I I think you at least got to go to the trade deadline because you got something's going to happen in the NBA this year, you know. Whether it's the Blazers are ten games under five hundred, and it's like okay. We have to get rid of Lillard now. You know, the only piece out there that a team, a young team is getting rid of is Ben Simmons. So then maybe that comes up or Bradley Beal then approaches if the Wizards are in last place. So you got to roll the dice and see what happens. You're certainly not trading him to the Pacers for Malcolm Brogdon and Karis Levert or, you know, uh, there's some ridiculous trades out to the Timberwolves for, I don't know, Malik Beasley and um, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Like, uh, just no, no. Because your team doesn't get better that way either. Exactly, exactly. They can't just – like you say, he kind of has the the Sixers at hostage right now, and that's that's not good. And now, he didn't get $8 million either the other day, eight-plus million. Uh, That window closes too. So – and that's only a quarter of your salary. And he, uh, he called it an act of war, Bill. Like, that's yeah. the report. The Sixers made an act of war. Like, dude, come on with your dramatics. An act of yeah. war. That's that's what you're putting out there. It's not even close to war. People die at war. Like, war. Right. Like, shut up. Like, I'm so <laughs> I'm so annoyed with this guy, and I was so wrong to have his back. I got to eat yeah. crow on it, but I'm going to crush him now. <laughs> and, 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 and I tell you what, I liked him, too. I thought he was going to be a great player, but uh, the, the, the spoiled kid has definitely showed up, and uh, it, it doesn't look good for him, for sure. And unfortunately, the Sixers are the hostages because of all right. Hey, uh, Chad, Fred, uh, as you know, I'll, I'll get with it. Uh, Chad Boop, Bob Patron Jr., and I, we pick NFC East games each uh, week. And I think we have traveling Chet trying to join us. There he is. Hey, guys. How are you? There he is. What's going traveling on? Traveling Chet. That's what you traveling wrote in there? Chet. I am in a U-Haul because uh, I am on the move, guys. I don't know if you know this, but somebody put a $3.1 million mansion up for sale in Philly, and I had to go for it. So I'm riding in a U-Haul with a bunch of furniture ready to move in. Well, I, I, the only problem with that story, Chad, is if you're buying a $3.1 million place, somebody else is moving the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to cut costs somewhere, guys, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I, I hear you. Oh, hey. Uh, glad you could join us. What state are you in, by the way? You're you're pulling one of my deals, going calling from some other state. Yeah, I'm on the road. Got a much later start than was planned, so I'm actually only right around Washington D.C. So another oh 15 goodness. hours or so, I'll be at my destination. Oh, there you go. That'll be morning time. Good deal. Yeah, can't wait. All right, so uh, you, we got Chad. Glad you could come on. We're uh, we're going to get our picks in, so we'll do that with you. Uh, last week, Chet, you were three and one. You took the Cowboys correctly again because that's your team. Uh, Boop was two and two. I was one and three, man. I'm stinking it up. So, Chet, you were ten and six. I hate to say, Boop is seven and nine, and I am six and ten. Yikes! I I better I better get on the move here. So, Fred, feel free to jump in, make your picks this week as well, just for fun. Um, so here we go. Uh, let's start out. We got our throw-in game. I have Boop's picks. Boop's picks. I just now looked at them, so I haven't looked at them before now. Uh, we're going to start out with our throw-in game. Thursday night, the Rams at the Seahawks. 
The Rams are minus two. The Saints come to Washington to play the football team. The Saints are minus one and a half. The Giants go to Dallas. The Cowboys are minus seven. The Eagles travel to Carolina. The Panthers are minus four. So, Chet, you're up. Then, Fred, we'll go with you. I'll read Boops, and I'll go last tonight. How's that? All right, you ready? Go ahead. Let's go. We got uh, Rams at Seahawks. Rams minus two. Rams are going to bounce back. I know they're on the road. Seahawks ain't the old Seahawks with their great defense. The Rams will win this one on the road. I agree. Right. I'm going Rams too. And since since uh, I'll make my prediction now, the Rams will win the Super Bowl this year as well. Oh, wow, wow! All right, Boops, uh, Boops going Rams as well. A uh, couple notes from him: the Rams allowed 37 points in a year and a half before the high flying Cardinals did so. Ha- have not allowed 37 points uh, <clears throat> in a year and a half. Uh, he also said, from a betting standpoint, Rams have been over all four games. So he wants over 54 and a half on that one. All right, I'm going Rams as well. Uh, that gets us the Saints at the football team. Uh, Saints minus one and a half. Chet, what you got? Uh, I know there's some love for Washington in this one. I'm still not sold on them. I think New Orleans is going to be – Kind of angry this week after losing last week to the stinking Giants in overtime. I'm taking the Saints to win this one on the road. I'm going to go Saints, too. Depends what Jameis Winston you get, but the Redskins D's looked awful. I'll go Saints. Uh, Boop is going Saints on this one, too. His betting note, uh, any quarter being scoreless is his note. The football team has scored three points in the first quarter all season long. New Orleans has allowed just seven. Uh, you could easily win this one in the first 15 minutes by going a scoreless first quarter. <clears throat> so, And I am also going to with the Saints on this one because I'm still not sold on the football team. All right. Giants at the Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven. Chet, we know you're going with your team. Uh, it kills me to pick the Cowboys again, but – the Giants ain't that good. They got the fluke win last week. Dallas wins this one. The Cowboys are going to run away with the stinking NFC East. I can't believe Chet took his uh, Daniel Jones jersey off and jumped <laughs> on the Dak train. Never had one, Fred. <laughs> I'm going to know pick, better, don't we, Fred? I'm picking the Giants. Screw them, Cowboys. Oh. <laughs> uh, Boop takes the Cowboys. Uh, listen to this. He says, latest seven and a half. We had it at seven. He's seven and a half. Is floating around Dallas. The last four home games wins by eight, 20, 20, and eight. And none of those teams are as bad as the New York football giants is boops. note. So he's, uh, he's taken that, the, uh, the points there Cowboys. I've got also in that one. I hate to say that gets us to the Eagles traveling to the Carolina to play the Panthers minus four on that with jet. What you got? Um, I'd love to pick the Eagles in this one, but I, I just can't. Until they show me they can beat a quality team, I can't do it. And Carolina is pretty decent. Not great, but pretty decent. They are at home. Eagles are still banged up on the offensive line. I don't know if Lane Johnson will be back. I didn't hear. Maybe you guys got an update on that. I, I don't know. Mylotta's case regarding uh, whether he's going to be able to come back soon. So, I know they played okay this past week without those guys, but no, can't do it. Got to take Carolina at home. 
I'm going Carolina too. The the receivers, I just don't see we're going to stop them. They got speed on that offense, even without McCaffrey. Panthers. Hey, hey Chet, uh, before I get on to Boop, someone has sent you a note. Yeah. Well, that was not the one. But I got you. Know, you. You're right, Joe Joey. Well, what's going on here? Not so fast, Chet. Long way to go. You're giving okay, Robbie. Robbie I hope you're right. I would love to see the upset. I would love to see the Eagles win every single time I pick against them. Believe me, I'm still rooting for them. And, you know, much as I wanted to wager money on the Chiefs last week, I couldn't do it. I just can't bet money on, you know, my team losing or failing to cover. I can't do it. All right. Boop takes Eagles. Yep. He takes oh! Eagles. Uh, he also said to his betting note, is the fourth quarter is the highest scoring quarter. The Eagles have scored more points in the fourth quarter than they have in all three of the rest of the quarters put together. He's going Eagles with a fourth quarter bet. And before I ever saw this, I took Eagles as well. Um, I, I think they're, I, I think they're going to get better. I think offensively they're showing some better signs the defense is not going to give up 40 points again. We're talking Sam Darnold this week. We're not talking Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there's no Tyreek Hills running around either. So I'm going to say the defense is probably going to get a little bit better. Um, I, they're not going to lose all these. They're not going to be one in six, I don't think. And there's one game they're going to steal. This is the game that I'm going with. I hope you're right. So we'll see. We'll see. So – Chet, did you uh, – I don't know you're driving if you wrote them down or not because I – I did write them down, yeah. My okay. wife is driving currently, so she wants to get back on the road. And, you know, i got to tell you, even though I'm the selfie king, I've never held a, a phone like this for eight straight minutes. My arm is tired, so i got to go. <laughs> All right, Chet. Well, you guys drive safe and uh, arriving your destination. Get some rest, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Okay, let's give uh, – Let's not forget, if you want to uh, follow Bob Patron Jr., Boop on his website uh, for all kinds of betting information and so forth, um, go to boopstats.com. All right. Well, Fred, uh, speaking of, let me get myself back together again. I'm running all over the place. We got this other thing going on with these guys. Uh, these guys right here. The Edge of Philly Whoa. Sports Network. Let's give a shout out to all the live shows this week, including this one. Episodes being streamed live across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. You can also catch all the action at www.eopsports.com. Please help us out by hitting those subscribe, follow, like buttons, and as always, share with your family and friends. In addition to these, this great show, check out our partners in Philly Sports, including Edge of Philly Sports Live. That's you, Freddie. Yeah, man. Joey, Joe, Freddie, Big Al, as they cover four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch live Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Bird's IQ, Kyle and Eric Quinn are back. Catch them Thursday nights at 7 p.m. talking all things birds. And the Patterson Avenue Fanatics every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Wake up and have breakfast with the gang. TK, Marks, James, Paul, Dave, and Damon, and get your Philly sports talk on if you miss any of those shows you can grab the podcast on all the major platforms remember 
You can stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com with great articles from our huge staff of contributors. Subscribe to the weekly newsletter, and you can sign up at eopsports.com, and that newsletter will show up on Friday morning in your email box probably by about 10 o'clock, and you will be up to speed. What do you got going on at uh, your show this week? Anything special? Ah, we just got exciting stuff. We don't have a guest this week. Uh, we may have a surprise one tomorrow. We'll see. But, you know, just me, Al, and Joe breaking each other's stones. Me being right like I always am. And then Joe <laughs> following, you know. I, oh, I wow. see them in the comments here. That's the only reason I said it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're both on here. They're both they're both <laughs> listening to you. So, uh, I'm sure we'll get a couple more things flowing up here real quick. Let's see. Al, Al made picks there. He took the Rams, the Saints, the Cowboys. And call me crazy, he took the Eagles. So, uh, pretty good. Oh, <laughs> there we go. All right. Hey, uh, Fred, obviously great guest tonight in our little interview with Amy and uh, Allison. Next week, we'll be back on our regular schedule Wednesday. Chet uh, will be back. We'll have special guest Bill Meltzer. We'll be talking Flyers. He's always great. And Chet probably has a second guy lined up. Uh, not confirmed as of yet. I'm sure we'll be talking some more. Eagles as well, but uh, Bill Meltzer will be here as we kick off flyer season next Friday night. The regular season starts, so that'll be fun. <coughs> Freddie, college football now reaching week six. Uh, more big games, as we said. Number four, Penn State visits number three, Iowa. Iowa's minus two in that one. Your team, the number two ranked Georgia Bulldogs, their defense is lights out, as is the Penn State defense, I might add. They visit number 18, Auburn, Georgia is 14 and a half point favorites in that. Uh, how do you like these games? How do you like the way the season's unfolding? I'm liking it, obviously. Uh, I'll start with Georgia first. I pay attention to them the most. So, you know, this defense is unbelievable. They've given up 23 points all year. And out of that 23, seven points was a pick six. And another three was due to a turnover in their own red zone. So, Essentially, they've given up 13 points, really, without the offense giving it to the other team. I do have concerns on the offense, though. You know, we have a quarterback issue here. We don't know who the quarterback is. And, you know, we we beat Clemson and then Arkansas. But, you know, Clemson isn't what Clemson was. Arkansas, though, was supposedly a lock last week. They blew him out. So, I'm excited for Georgia. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and then – but I'm picking Georgia this week. I, I think they'll, they'll beat Auburn. And then Penn State, Iowa – I. I, I, my dad liked Penn State and I rooted against them just to, you know, break stones on Saturdays. You know, I'm not, obviously wasn't going to root against the Eagles. And like when I was a kid, I loved Kerry Collins, Kajana Carter, Bobby Ingram, Kyle Brady. So I, I was a fan as a kid growing up, but I just was like, hey, we got to make this fun on Saturday. Anyhow, I college football is better when Penn State's good. It just is, especially around this area. I hope they win on Sunday. Iowa's a top defense as well. It's going to be an old school Big Ten game. Give me the Lions. Go. We are Penn State. I like the way you're thinking. I like the way you're thinking. I think it's a big game. I think it's a it's an advantage to Penn State to have that game at four o'clock rather than seven thirty. Um, just because night games are just crazy, as you see in Happy Valley all the time with the whiteouts and stripeouts and and the environment that's created for the night games. Being a four o'clock game for TV uh, is great. I think it's advantage Penn State, uh, Georgia. Um, they are really good, and uh, we'll see. It's obviously that road has to go through Alabama at some point uh, if you're going to play for a national championship. 
uh, you got to win the Southeast Conference Championship. So um, we'll see. But right now they look really good. And, and you know, and, and they always has, have to play Florida, too. And even when one is up or one is down, it's uh, the, the cocktail party is a great place to go for a game. And uh, it, it's a fun, fun get together in Jacksonville. And anybody can win that game. So have you ever uh, been? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I never have. It's on my yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of that, the Red River Shootout is this weekend also, which is a bucket list for me, Texas at Oklahoma at the old Cotton Bowl. Uh, you know, and, and Georgia, Florida does the same thing as they do at Texas, Oklahoma. The stadium is split completely in half, and um, upright to upright, um, and one side is red for Georgia and blue for Florida, same right. as they do with Oklahoma and Texas. It's the coolest scene to see, and uh, it's really fun. And that that uh, that Red River is is on my bucket list as well. I think I think it just got added to mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun stuff. And and you know, speaking of that, uh, Georgia last week, uh, Fred, my my pal Gino Toretta uh, was doing that game for Touchdown Radio that he he owns. Uh, so I was listening to it while I was traveling a little bit. He's on on Sirius Radio, and uh, you know, Gino was saying all the way in the second quarter, uh, Georgia was pulling back a little bit and just running the ball, trying to grind the clock. That uh, Kirby Smart has so much respect for that Arkansas staff. They came from his staff, and it could have been a whole lot worse than it ended up. And they had still ended up throwing a big shutout. Yeah, and they're running the ball so well every game. They just run the ball, and it seems like it's just like a running back factory. You know, now you got Cook yeah. running all over you. Uh, like running backs just turn back out. Yeah, Chubb in the NFL, Elijah Holyfield was just on a practice squad. You got Swift from Philly. You know, they're running. The, the concern's going to be, though, you, you win games in this league, at least the last few years, by throwing the ball and scoring points in, in the national championship games. And we got they got some issues at the receiver. I don't want to say issues, but players that were supposed to be playing. Arik Gilbert, we got him from LSU. He has some personal issues. He hasn't yet to play. So we'll see. But that defense. Yeah. Going to be going to be fun. Going to be fun. All right, let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on our Facebook page, so people get a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They've changed things up. They have the popular mystery boxes, the Razes, with just 11 lines available, so your chances of winning are one in 11 great odds check out the facebook page like it or follow it it's ppcc 118 raz room that's right ppcc 118 raz room on facebook well fred we uh we're running out of time but we're going to hit this real quick uh let's talk flyers uh another team that underachieved last year and the whole covid mess uh they got some roster moves they bolstered the defense carter hart is back uh what are we going to expect I got to watch the whole game last night. I'm excited. I think new energy with Atkinson, Ryan Ellis. One guy that I'm very excited to look at is this Keith Yandel guy. He's 35 years old. He's leading the power play. They're running. I don't know hockey like that, but I did some homework and I'm watching it. They got this 1-3-1 going. They were one for four last night, but it seems different. They're moving the puck around. They're not getting it kicked out of the zone. 
and they're got time uh, time of possession is what I'm going to call it, like in the zone, I guess you would say. So I'm expecting big things, especially, you know, like you said, Carter Hart now being able to practice in the offseason, you know, use the facility, get a normal season under his belt or prep into the year. Uh, I think we're going to have a good Flyers team. New energy. Uh, I'm hoping so, too, and uh, I, I get excited about Flyers hockey. I, I really enjoy it. Hey, let's jump off that real quick because we'll be talking with Bill Meltzer. Fred, there's a question for you. Who do you like in a wild card game tonight? I like Yankees under four and a half runs. Yankees? Oh, under four and a half runs. I don't know who's going to win. I just I think they'll be under four and a half runs. All right. And here's another cool comment. Uh our man Pancake, who was on with us last week, uh, took his girls to their first ever Penn State game last week. How cool was that? Uh, what a game to go to because it was excitement in Happy Valley. Pancake is the man. I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting with him. Uh, that dude is so awesome, so nice. I'm so glad to see his success. You're the man, dude. All right. Well, with that, Fred, let's wrap this thing up. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely good time. It flew as we knew it would. Plenty to talk about. Oh, uh, well, thanks for having me. I, I love I love the show. You guys are the best. Thank thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Amy Levin, Allison Platt-Tartiple. I had to be sure I got that right. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Freddie Burns and Jim Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, October 13th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, as well as all the podcasts, Google's, Apple, iHeartRadio, all the others. We have High Hopes, Philadelphia Sports fans, and let me get to the last thing, Fred, so I don't mess this up. And you gotta, you gotta listen to this one. Here we go. Let's do the song. Come on. Yeah.